Welcome to the Tybee Marine Science Center podcast, an authentic coastal experience. Welcome to the Tybee Island Marine Science Center podcast. I'm Dee Daniels, and on this episode, I'm so excited to have Executive Director Chantal Odron and also environmental educator and aquarist Ashley Saul. And Ashley, this is your first time being on the podcast, yes? Yes, okay. this is my first time. This is your first time. Explain yourself, first of all, with this fabulous title of yours, environmental educator and aquarist. What is that? Yeah, so essentially my position is that uh, first and foremost, I am here to help educate about all of the coastal Georgia animals and resources that we have here. So I'm educating uh, Georgia students, K through 12 programs. I do girl and boy scouts. I do work with the public as well. And then as an aquarist, I essentially help with husbandry practices or the care of animals. So I'm helping maintain all of the tanks that we have here at the facility, ensuring that the animals are happy and healthy. Mm, big job. Very uh, big job. Yeah. Big, big job. No doubt about it. And Chantal, what a great team here at Tybee on the Marine Science Center. I'm so glad that we record the podcast right here on location. And, you know, oftentimes you will hear the tanks running in the background. You'll <laughs> yeah. hear the kids uh, overjoyed in the background. Yeah, maybe and a scream or two. It's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's just, we are here in the midst of it and, and it's always going on. And, and everyone here is always so, you, you have a lot of curious learners that walk in the door. That's got to oh, yeah. make you so happy. I'm a lucky duck for sure to have awesome humans surrounding me and that those awesome humans are scientists because scientists are just adults that didn't grow up and we retained our curiosity. There's a quote out there. That's not me. <laughs> um, and yeah, awesome. That's why like with the conversations we have are like, we're like, look at this worm under the scope. You can see it's blood beating. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for anything. Right. So the moment I stepped into a lab, I knew those were my people. So we have an awesome facility that we can um, all nerd out together all day. Yeah. So it's we are of, lucky. It's a lot of women in STEM too. So yes, it's it really an amazing opportunity to be able to be part of such an amazing team of uh, women who really want to work in the name of science. It's really awesome. Yeah, it, it, you can tell. I mean, just everyone here is just always so passionate about um, just explaining things. And there's never a, a bad question uh, ever for, from anyone. And sometimes I'll just text Chantal. So <laughs> about this, uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's it's really amazing. I know, Ashley, we want to talk um, how excited we are about Whale Week uh, going on. Mm -hmm. and, and at the same time, you know, there's a huge education piece that I think, you know, is so important when it comes to, you know, whale week, this might be the moment that, you know, a good majority of, the, of, you know, Georgia, especially is saying, Hey, what can I do? Yeah, definitely. Whale week has been such an important event here in the state of Georgia. And we're even trying to do outreach into other uh, states in the Southeast, South Carolina, Florida included, because, all of the Southeast is going to see the North Atlantic right whale coming into our waters in the next month or so. So right. it's a really exciting time for everyone to get involved and understand how these animals are. And that's essentially how 
Whale Week is going to go about is really providing that education to the general public about our North Atlantic right whales and being able to invite the public to different types of things, uh, free events, mainly like movie screenings. And we have lots of events going on at the Science Center so that children especially can really get involved with really fun hands-on activity games and things like that. And then we're going to have a really awesome end of celebrations rally to really bring everybody together for the North Atlantic right whale. So it's a really exciting opportunity to be a part of this type of project and then be able to see it really work out. Very cool to even just be a part of the general outreach education for it. Oh, I can only imagine. And there's so many people that are learning about it for the first time. So, you know, the curiosity is huge. I mean, when you think about it, it's just like, there's this like, oh my gosh. I mean, before I started looking into, you know, whale week and what we're going to talk about and, and I'm researching and I'm like, uh, I did not realize this is our state marine mammal. I had no yeah. idea that a group of kids got together and were so passionate and that this became a reality. What we can do once we're curious and get some emotion behind mm-hmm. it and get some excitement behind it and get one or two people to join you, that, right. that's pretty amazing. Right. Yeah. It's awesome. And I'll say at least, you know, before I started working here at this job, I had no idea that there was even such a thing. Um, you know, I've only been a resident of the coastal area for, uh, we're kind of pushing a year and a half now. And I feel like I've learned an overwhelming amount of information just about all of the diverse life that's here. And then I didn't even re- recognize that whales came this far south on the East Coast. So being able to learn that and then have that you know, be a part of not only my own internal curriculum, but just, you know, to be able to tell others about it has been an amazing thing to learn. And then doing the research with Whale Week, it's so new. And, you know, there's such an opportunity to be able to just get everybody involved in it. It's great. No doubt. Chantal, we were talking with uh, Joy Davis, who's the artist that's working on uh, the exhibit of smoke uh, that will be here hopefully early next year. And, and we were talking about how important this research is, how important this work is, and the fact that there aren't a lot of people really having this conversation. It's not a big community. You know, the researchers that are in it are few, um, but the epitome of impassioned. Um, we just heard um, at the showing of The Last of the Right Wheels, we got to see um, some of those researchers and what they said is we're tired. We need help. We've been the ones doing it. It's such a small community that now it's time for the next generation to step up. And so that's definitely where we're at and focusing on the future rather than the past. And so um, with awesome kind of responsibility, Joy and I step up, Ashley steps up. Her role is different this year than it was last year in the perfect kind of evolution that life should be. She came to us from the Asheville and Charlotte area and and moved for the science center to be one of our first staff members here. And so she is one of our senior educators. And with that came the opportunity to be our right whale coordinator this year. So it's a really big deal. She will help Hermina, um, directly for this execution. The Science Center is the fiscal sponsor. How fancy are we that we get to to monetarily support uh, this work that's going to be done during this week? And, And the best part of it is that we're in the field. We're outside of our, you know, kind of four beautiful walls and we're at schools. Um, 
We are downtown at Gray's Reef Discovery Center. We are at Ships to the Sea Museum. And all along the way, we're bringing inflatable smoke with us. So um, we get to to take our mission on the move and, and get out into the Savannah area. We're lucky enough to be able to do this through a grant through the city of Savannah called the Weave a Dream grant. And so we're very grateful for that, that they believe in us to spread this message. And so no better leader than uh, Hermina. Hermina is with Oceana and they um, manage this, they direct this. And so um, we're lucky to be surrounded by so many awesome people that are carrying on the torch for that small community of researchers that have gotten us to this point. So if they're tired, we're ready. And I know this partnership and relationship is so important on both ends. Um, And it's so important to Georgia. I mean, it's just a big deal. Um, Ashley, uh, talk a little bit about, let's zoom out just a little bit for, you know, those who are just learning about um, the right whale and, and, and maybe give us a picture of, of what is going on with the right whale. Where, where does the, the journey start? And, and I know it's the journey's coming to, to South Georgia. So how, do, yeah. what does that look like? Definitely. So for the North Atlantic right whale, they are, um, in the genus Eubelina glacialis. That is going to be our specific right whale because we do have three species of right whales on the planet. I guess technically their journey would start here in the southeast because they're going to be born uh, down in these nice shallow warm waters, typically um, from November into April, uh, peak times really being around December and January. Um, But we see them coming down here to calve and then they'll migrate back up north come April time. And they're going to hang out mainly in the northeast, Maine, Nova Scotia, Canada waters, where that's their foraging ground. And so that's mainly where they're going to be hanging out for the rest of the year. And then they'll make that extensive migration back down. Now, because of the species that they are, um, they are the quote unquote right whale. Um, That was the quote that was used for whaling purposes um, because they kind of hug the shoreline. Um, They're slow moving. They are very large animals. They can get up to 140,000 pounds. Um, And so It's very easy to spot. And so these animals, as they hug the shoreline, they're also going to be around all of the crabbing industry um, pods that are going to be in the water. And so there's a lot of right whales that are getting caught in entanglements. uh, And that's due to all the crabbers that are there um, and in those inshore waters. Um, Additionally, these right whales are affected by vessel strikes because they are so slow moving. Uh, A lot of people can't see these whales in the water, even if they do hug the coastline. So we have a lot of whales that are unfortunately getting hit by propellers and they're having to deal with those types of ailments, um, which can absolutely be fatal for them. So it's important to understand regulations that are necessary to try and protect these animals as they are always going to be a migratory animal. They're always going to go through this life cycle that they've been doing for millions of years, and they should be able to do it in a much better way, especially considering that these animals are critically endangered. We have mm. probably less than 350 individuals out in the wild Which now. Which is so. just astounding when you think about those numbers. Yeah, the number, I mean, it's 350 individuals that might be in the water, but there might only be around 70 
breeding females. And so that wow. cuts the number down even more. Yeah. So it's really um, a call for action to try and save these animals because they're incredibly important to our ocean environments. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, you know, they're hugging the coastline because that's where the food is. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, they need to do that. And then also at the same time, um, when, when you're talking about getting entangled in like fishing line and that sort of thing, it's not just like, you're not thinking of like one person with a fishing line out. This is like millions major ropes. of lines, right? That Absolutely. are out that they are, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this, it's, it's a huge It's situation. a huge problem. Okay. These, these crab pod ropes can be incredibly thick and they can run for extensive lengths. And so for a whale, you know, you're mainly going to be eating these whales in particular are baleen whales. So they have very large mouths. They're going to be scooping up uh, small copepods plankton into their mouth. And so that's a really easy segue if they're passing through a crab pod area where they could accidentally get that rope in their mouth. And then they have no fingers, you know, they have flippers, so they can't really get any of that out of their mouth. And so it gets stuck. And then they can end up trailing, pulling miles of line Mm. uh, for the rest of their life. And that's incredibly exhausting for them to be able to do. So it's uh, very regular for that, unfortunately, to be a thing. And it's very dangerous to try and help that animal once they have gotten into the entanglement because they are incredibly large. So you have to not only try and protect the whale themselves as they're entangled and fearful of humans, but also you have to protect yourself because these are incredibly large animals and you don't want to put yourself in a position of a thrashing whale. Mm, no doubt. Oh gosh. Um, you know, I'm, I'm also thinking too, Chantal of the availability of people to come, uh, you know, here and get educated, you know, that's, that's so important. And then they take that education and share it with someone else. Hopefully you'll share this episode with someone else. And, right. You know, boom, you've, you've given someone a light bulb. That's moment, the ripple effect. Right? right. Exactly. And it's, it's easy to share. So, yeah. make sure, you know, make sure you do that. Um, availability of, of events and things like that, that that's going on. What can people do as far as like, how can they be a part of, of whale week and what's happening. So we have a whale week website. They can anticipate viewings. We um, have uh, purchased the last of the right whale. It's a film that has been done so well. The photography and the uh, uh, cinemography is gorgeous. Um, Also the message, they really anthropomorphize this big marine mammal. And and, in my opinion, as a scientist, we never try to do that. We want to let them have their own things. Uh, We're egotistical enough as uh, the homo sapiens. So it's like, I love that they did it though, because um, that is really when you get somebody to care, when you can associate it back to yourself. We're such weirdos humans, (laughs) (laughs) but they do it so well in the film. And it's, um, a story of a mother and a calf. And so no different. Uh, the last scene of the movie is a family playing on the beach. And so why not let them live their life without our interruption? Um, they have the same hormone that the, um, our mothers and babies pass during breastfeed. They have this breastfeeding. They have the same exact hormones. They're so similar to us. She's a fabulous mother. She's going to spend two years with that calf. So the last of the right whales will be a huge opportunity to, to see this animal moving in nature. There's not a lot of, um, North Atlantic right whale specific footage 
And so that's why we are obsessed with this film. And so we will be showing it all around Savannah and Tybee. We're going to kick off on Tybee, of course. And, and that will be at the Tybee Post Theater, our buddies down the street, nonprofits unite. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to show the film for us and kick us off. There'll be some viewings uh, elsewhere to allow us um, to get that message out and give anyone access, no matter where you are in the Savannah area, we're going to have a viewing near you. And so that's an awesome portion. Also, Smoke Goes to School. This was a program I wrote when we first got smoke and bought the inflatable smoke. And we go to schools and their auditorium or gym, wherever they can fit us. And we do a presentation about smoke and smoke's family and, and the North Atlantic right whale. Um, it's so cute that the kids definitely think when we get there that we were going to bring a real whale. Of course. Real yes. Whale. yes. They're very disappointed when <laughs> yeah. they see the 20 foot inflatable. They're like, oh, we thought you're going to bring a real whale. And oh. I was like, valid. Now yeah, that would have been cooler. That would have been but also, they cool. still think it is very cool to of be course. able to see a yes. 20 foot whale right there in front of them. It's a very exciting thing to watch yeah. the kids' eyes just kind of light up as Absolutely. they've been learning about whales at school. And then mm-hmm. we just show up with a whale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then to tell them that's the size of a, a baby, you yeah, know, just and, a baby. and look at you and let's do a size comparison. And so um, that's another really cool thing we'll be doing that week. And so the schedule of events will be on our website. We're going to share the heck out of it on um, our website as well and our Facebook and social media. Um, My most kind of wonderful thing I'm looking forward to for Whale Week is the youth rally. In the same light that we were talking about, a group of students made this animal the state marine mammal. We're going to get them out in Forsyth Park with some awesome signs to help convince people while they're at the farmer's market to save the right whale. That's amazing. We have uh, partnered this year with Gray's Reef. They're really awesome friends of ours, and they have a new discovery center downtown on MLK, and they're going to bring their inflatable whale, Lefty. So Smoke and Lefty will be making their rounds, and we're going to have a rally in the park on a Saturday. What better exposure for the city of Savannah, um, It's buzzing on Saturday uh, with the market. And so we're going to have a booth up and hang out and talk whale. And you can make a poster if you're a kiddo and join the rally for the right whale. No doubt. What a great way to get involved, um, especially for everybody here. Ashley, what do you think about those who are listening in other areas and and other states and and they want to get help? They want to get involved and learn more and you know, share the fight, what what would you suggest that they do? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the more people that know what's going on, the better. And so I think it's really just kind of starting to take action in your local areas. Now, obviously not everybody is near the coastline, so you're not going to be able to actually see these whales or even see the beach for that matter. So a lot of it really does come down to listening to podcasts like this one so right. we can learn about these whales um, and definitely reading the literature, watching the media. So like the last of the right whales, which I believe has been retitled saving the right whales, mm. correct? Yes, it has yeah. been retitled. So watching documentaries like this, which are incredibly empowering is really a good start in having a conscious awareness about what is going on. 
Additionally from that, um, you could even move towards more of a political sector where you are contacting your state's representatives and asking them, you know, do you know like what's going on in our environmental systems? One in, in particular being the conservation of the North Atlantic right whale. Um, you could step out and, you know, contact your representatives about what's happening, especially if you happen to be on a coastal state. Um, that's a really great issue to bring up. And in general, it's just having the conversation with one another because, you know, a lot of people don't even recognize that a majority of marine animals are going to be technically an endangered species, in particular our whales. Um, and it is important to learn why they're so important for the environment. And I feel like a lot of that actually comes down to their poop and how it recycles oh, into the environment. Right. Yes. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Poop like, matters. Yeah. Poop, poop matters. does matter. Let's make a sign mm -hmm. and a t-shirt people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, talk a little bit about, you know, the importance of, of all of these things to our environment and right. for us to continue in the circle of life, if I may be cheesy to say that, but it's, yeah, it's true. Absolutely. So, you know, whales in particular, they're just, they're going to eat a lot, which thusly means that there's going to be a lot of waste that's created. And so similar to most waste that's going to be biological, it all recycles back into the environment. So all of those materials are going to play an a very important role in keeping a healthy system. When you start removing specific parts out of an environment, whether that be plants or animals or even abiotic things like sunlight, if you remove them from an environment, you're going to have a direct change. So if we don't end up having these whales in our water anymore, we're not going to have nearly as many nutrients that's going to be for all of the other animals that rely on it in the environment. So it's going to have a cascading effect as it pertains to other animals in sea life. So right, right. it's important to have them in the water and especially also recognizing that climate change is real. It is happening. It's something that we're all having to kind of face head on. And a lot of that also plays into is the ocean healthy and it is not healthy. It's full of trash. It has lots of things that are happening to it. Um, but one thing in particular is if the ocean is sick, it's going to be represented in other ways. And that especially plays a really big part in their food supply. As water temperatures are changing, their food supply, which is primarily going to be those copepods, those plankton, they are moving. They are not going to be in the same area. And so these animals are going to have to start finding new areas to be able to go to. And that could be incredibly dangerous for them if they end up having to move either into deep water where there could be more sunken crab pod line, things like that, or even going into specific vessel areas um, like port cities where big ships are going to be moving through and they're not going to have the opportunity to see these whales. They're not going to have that opportunity to even stop for them because it takes these large cargo ships up to 30 minutes just to stop moving in the water. And so, you know, these animals, they're going to do what they know to do and how to survive. They have to locate that food to be able to make it through and pass on the genetic fitness but if the ocean is sick and continuously getting sick and their food resources are going to move away, they in turn are going to feel the effects of that greatly. No doubt. Yeah. And, and I, I have a, a question from a local perspective. You know, a lot of people get very excited to see our big cargo ships that are rolling through here in Savannah. Should there be a worry that, you know, how do we 
Are, 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 is the right whale going to be okay coming in this direction? Yeah, absolutely. Savannah is a massive port city. We have lots of ships that are coming in from all over the world. And it is so fascinating to see them all the time. I mean, I'm not even going to lie. It's so cool, it's cool to watch them roll in. Um, I do believe here on the Georgia coast, we do have lots of regulations in place where these ships are simply having to slow down their motors at a certain point. Um, and I believe they're working with the tides for the most part coming in and out. A lot of the issue is that these right whales are going to hang out around 10 miles off of the coastline. Um, so it's kind of once these ships have made their way out uh, that they have to really be careful. And a lot of that comes down to speed regulations. So typically these ships can't excel faster than around like 13 knots in the water at a certain point. And once they're around 50 miles off the coastline, then they can kind of pick up speed and head to their destination, wherever that be. And hopefully that's not going to be in the line of a right whale, but it's still incredibly difficult to try and make regulations for an animal that you can really hardly see in the water. Mm, yeah, no doubt about it. Well, we have our work cut out for us. Uh, we have our homework, no matter where you are. And we know we can continue to learn, we can continue to share information. And of course, we can look out for everything that's going on right here at Tybee Island Marine Science Center uh, on the website and on, on social media. We'll keep everybody up to date. Big exhibit coming uh, January, hopefully early 2024. And you'll get to see smoke right here in person. It's going to be so exciting, Chantal. So exciting. We're very, very lucky. Whale Week is definitely something we always look forward to. Um, our community is awesome on Tybee and very supportive. Uh, but this gets our reach a little bit further. So we'll be in town doing events that aren't usual to our curriculum. And so we're going to have some cool panels going on too. So you can hear from some of these experts in the field. Um, so we're giving you that access to um, these researchers. And so one of them will be at the uh, Ships of the Sea Museum called Lines and Strikes and Life. And then a second panel called Whales and Women, Female Researchers in the Field. And so those are two events that I think will really highlight our experts so that we can hear from them. You know, we do our work, they do theirs. And as a collective whole, we can make this thing happen. Another cool um, moment that Whale Week is, is bringing the community together. I think magic happens when you have artists and policymakers and researchers and educators coming together and uniting. And so we will have that moment when we get downtown. Molly Lieberman uh, runs Loop It Up Savannah. So she is going to be a part of this project as well as um, Greg Riley and IFA. And so we get to have these awesome humans that are doing their own thing um, in Savannah already. And Molly will help us bring some kids out for the rally. She'll also help lead the poster making. She'll also um, work with 21st Century to have some after school programs. And so I think that that is all really community driven and for uh, the science center to be a part of these really big players downtown, I we're honored, you know, and may we grow even stronger. Yeah. Right. No doubt about it. Um, well, this is good. It's such an exciting time. Um, and you thought turtle season was cool. Um, come on. I mean, <laughs> the rest of the year is just going to be amazing. Um, thank you both for sitting down and chatting. Super. Yeah. 
From the beach to the marsh, from the ocean to the rivers and creeks, from the islands to the mainland to the classroom, this is your authentic coastal experience with Tybee Marine Science Center. We provide year-round programs for visitors, residents, and learners of all ages. You'll find us on Tybee Island at North Beach, beachside of Fort Screven. Join us in developing caring and responsible protection of coastal Georgia's natural resources. You can help us today by becoming a member. Your membership support helps fund conservation programs and assist with program fees for low-income groups. Visit TybeeMarineScience.org to learn more about becoming a member. Our volunteer opportunities are there and all of the cool merch available in our discovery shop. Thank you for sharing this episode with another curious learner. Grab your membership at TybeeMarineScience.org and follow us on social. Together through education and conservation, we can make a difference.